0: Good morning City Church, this is Kaylee Crawford bringing you a moment of reflection during the season of Advent, a moment to see God's heart for redemption, a moment of hope. When I read the title of today's Jesse Tree Story from the Jesus Storybook Bible, I felt unbidden tears pricking the back of my eyes. It was instantaneous. I didn't need to read the story to feel the longing and disappointment. The title said it all. Maybe it's because I'm female, and this story title is the girl no one wanted that made me tear up. But before we dive into the story of Jacob, Leah, and Rachel, how does that strike you this morning or whatever time you are listening to this podcast? the girl or boy, no one wanted? Does it make your heart ache in remembrance or empathy towards the lonely or downcast? Mine has been aching a bit for this Leah of the Bible. So let's get into her story and how she is a part of Jesus' story and God's fullness of time that Eric and Harrison are preaching about on Sundays this Advent season. If you will think back a few steps in history with me, Leah is the daughter of Laban. Laban is the brother of Rebecca who is the mother of Jacob, and the wife of Esau of Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. God promised a son to Abraham and from his offspring a people. Isaac, the son of laughter, who Tracy talked about earlier this week, was the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Jacob, Isaac's son, was the continued fulfillment of the promise. But Jacob was wily and tricked his twin brother out of his birthright. Isaac sent Jacob away to Laban to escape the wrath of Esau. So we sense this turmoil that Jacob is already in when he heads to his uncle's. When he gets to his uncle, his uncle offers him work in exchange for whatever payment he wants. Jacob says that in exchange for seven years of labor, he would like for Rachel to be his wife and specifically acknowledges that she is the younger daughter. Leah was the older sister. And that Bible identifies Leah as having weak eyes and that Rachel was beautiful in appearance and form we can already sense the competition Leah as the older sister likely expected that she would be the first to get married before her little sister Rachel and it was more than likely the accepted custom that the elder would marry before the younger however Laban agrees with Jacob's proposal Jacob works for seven years and then demands his bride Jacob, the trickster, however, became the tricked. Laban gives Leah as the bride, unbeknownst to Jacob. And as a side note, I've heard this story for almost my whole life, and I know there were all kinds of clothes that we don't wear anymore in our Western culture, but for the life of me, I just can't imagine how Jacob was tricked like this. But back to the Reader's Digest version of the story. Jacob wakes up the morning after and realizes that he has been tricked and that Leah is his wife, not the beautiful Rachel. He confronts Laban on his trickery, and Laban promises Jacob he can have Rachel as his wife if he works for another seven years, which Jacob gladly does and gets the fair Rachel. This story definitely sounds like a modern-day made-for-TV movie on the Lifetime channel. Multiple wives one not wanted, a husband scorned by a trickster father-in-law, a man on the run from his angry brother, a family inheritance. But this is not a made-for-TV movie, rather a story of God's chosen people. Can you imagine what Leah must have been feeling, the one who wasn't wanted? I feel that deep in my soul, and most days I feel a bit like Leah, believing I'm the one who isn't wanted, remembering all the times I've been rejected and cast off and wondering what God has for me. The girl on the elementary school playground hoping not to get made fun of by my friends for being too sensitive. The young woman working hard to impress bosses and colleagues and overworking in the process. The single woman hoping the next date will be the one and being disappointed time and again. The closing in on middle-aged woman wondering what the next turn in a career will be or how kids will turn out. What is it, then, that God has for Leah in the midst of of this ache? Later in the story of Leah, Rachel, Rachel, and Jacob, we see another piece of the drama. Leah can have babies, but Rachel can't, and Leah holds it over Rachel like a nasty competition. But every child that Leah bears, you can see the desperation in her heart by the names she gives these baby boys. Reuben, she names him, because the Lord has looked on my affliction, for now my husband will love me. Simeon, she names this one, because the Lord has heard I am hated. He has given me this son also. And Levi, this third child, she names him, because now, this time, my husband will be attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. Again, I feel a lot like Leah in this. Maybe if I can just achieve these things, an upward career trajectory, obedient kids, a lovely home... They will be what tells me I'm wanted and accepted, and I've done enough. Yet we all know these things won't be my acceptance, like the number of kids kids Leah has won't endear her any more to Jacob. And like Leah, what are those places in your life where you feel less than and try to appear more than to find acceptance? But Leah gets pregnant one more time and names him Judah, which means, this time I will praise the Lord. It feels like a sigh of relief and trust, doesn't it? Not that she's having a baby again, but that she says, this time I will praise the Lord. In that moment, she expresses her understanding of where her identity is found. God loves her and calls her his own. When are those times, or where are those places, where you've felt that sigh of relief like Leah, and this time, you will praise the Lord. And for all you Bible scholars out there or who have been around the church for a while, you know where this story leads. But do you know who is in the line of Judah? That's right, Jesus. Leah, the unwanted one, the one who was less than, the one who isn't described in the Bible as beautiful, but the one who has weak eyes. She is the one who God wants to be Jesus' great, 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 however many times grandmother. In the fullness of time, God brought Jesus into the world by way of Leah. Sally Lloyd-Jones ends the story, The Girl No One Wanted, like this. One of Leah's children's children's children would be a prince, the prince of heaven, God's son. This prince would love God's people. They wouldn't need to be beautiful for him to love them. He would love them with all his heart, and they would be beautiful because he loved them, like Leah. And so, in this moment of Advent and waiting for Jesus to return, my hope for myself and for us, City Church, is that we will remember Leah, the most unlikely of people, who was considered unlovely and an outcast, but was loved by God and considered lovely because of His love. Leah, the unwanted one, became the great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus, a suffering servant and an outcast as well, but the Savior of the world." And because of his love, we know we are wanted and considered beautiful. And like our friend Taylor Linhart sang last week at the Advent concert, I will not hang my head. His banner is over me. He says I am his poetry and he won't waste a word. So I'm going to wait on the Lord. As we hope and wait, City Church, stay well and do good.